I'm Kathy Campbell. And I'm Julia Scott. And there are good things. Every week, we share our own tiny joys, something good in the news, and a general good thing that will hopefully make your day a little better. What's what's your hooray this week? <laughs> uh, we survived Easter, um, <laughs> which... Nor- so my daughter is very into holidays of any kind. She would celebrate President's Day and Arbor Day if there were decorations to be done. So for a big holiday like Easter, she wants to go all out. I, on the other hand, have very little patience for decorations that you put up for one day and then you have to take down. I'm I'm ultimately at the very deep part of my soul, very lazy. Um. <laughs> And so for Easter, I was trying to figure out how to make it special since, you know, we can't go anywhere. I didn't have any eggs because normally we just steal the ones from my mom to do like the little plastic eggs. And I'm the only one that really eats hard boiled eggs. So I didn't want to make tons of them. I think a couple years ago, we did a scavenger hunt for her Easter basket. I was like, okay. She she was been asking for a scavenger hunt. I'm like, okay, fine, we can do a scavenger hunt. But again, let me remind you of my base level innate laziness. So <laughs> I found uh, the internet came to my rescue, and a quick four stop scavenger hunt was perfect. I managed to, so she got out of bed in the morning and I gave her the first clue, but first she had to go feed the dog. And in that time, I managed to get her Easter basket into her bed, which is where the final clue went back. And she was so (laughs) amazed by it that there was a little bit of magic still. And so even though we didn't have a big meal, um, she made bunny pancakes for us. Um, the little buddy butt ones where you have a fluffy tail. We used my leftover uh, birthday cake frosting. And so we still had it special, even though it wasn't the full blown thing. And she said at the end of the night, she's like, thank you for making, even though this is, even though we're still in quarantine, thank you for making this Easter special. And I lost it. So that's my tiny joy. <laughs> I will bet you though, that this is an Easter that she may remember more like this is a story that you guys can share in you know 50 years you talk about do you remember the time when we were all in quarantine and you uh you did a scavenger hunt like you know a lot of other things will blend together but sometimes the exceptional moments good and bad will be something that that brings you together yeah that's what i'm that's what i'm hoping and that's why i do these things for her to try and get this good memories but also I do these things to try and keep her morale up because it, it it's very much a roller coaster. You know, there's highs and there's lows. And, you know, sometimes you're dwelling on these really rough days and you're missing your friends and all of the normalcy. And so trying to get the morale, keep the morale up is is a big part of my day. What about you? What's your tiny joy for today? Well, after that story, I kind of want to add an extra mini tiny joy about having Do a it. sort of Easter Easter brunch over video with parts of my family and with my older brother's uh, mother-in-law because like, A, it was just nice. But really, it was just funny how 
it was still just like any Zoom meeting, you know, like, wait, I can hear you, but I can't see you. Oh, wait, you know, <laughs> or, it's, you know, mom turned the, you know, switch the camera and somebody accidentally turns on a star filter. And it was just, it was, it was very cute. It was very. Uh, was anyone a potato? That is the important question. No, no. Oh, uh, no. My, my actual tiny joy is also kind of quarantine related, which is that. Uh, I'm I've, I'm making my second batch of sourdough bread today, uh, Ooh, and it's just it's just go because it's there's something about it that like it does take some effort in that it needs you know babysitting and proofing and proofing and proofing and proofing, but it's like small batches of activity which is I have energy for, like I don't have energy for complicated cooking right now, right? But I have energy to you know, set an alarm for an hour and 15 minutes and go poke something or fold something, you know. <laughs> and, you know, I've kept, I've started a sourdough starter. I've kept it alive. I know everyone is doing that right now. It's just, it's it's nice to just feel accomplished in some tiny way. Yeah, to have something that is an easy win. And also carbs, carbs, warm carbs with butter will make right? anything better. Well, and the smell of it cooking, even mm-hmm. if it ends up being terrible, like the smell of it is just so great. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Julia, give me a, a news thing for the week. So here's uh, a good news. It's been reported uh, as a for the first time ever, which is not entirely true. So uh, basically, the story is that some researchers have managed to make translating brainwaves into speech way more accurate and fast. So Ooh. it's it's been done before of just like being able to figure out, like in the past, I think 10 years or so, they did it on animals and they've done it on humans to be able to figure out how to uh, help people who maybe, you know, are tetraplegics, like they're they're completely paralyzed and have difficulty communicating or people who have maybe locked in syndrome or have other communication barriers. Uh, where you can sort of the the I think the the example that's often used is you make them think of tennis and you see what part of the brain lights up, uh, mm. and so you can do that to translate their thoughts into speech, basically. Uh, but huh. it's it's not been super accurate and it's not been super fast. Yeah. So these researchers from UC San Francisco have published a paper talking about how their new technology is way better and they can use they can use sort of other advances in in different kinds of machinery and and stuff so they've trained a recurrent neural network Ooh. to encode uh, sequences of neural activity into an abstract representation and then decode that into an English sentence so it's still not perfect but it's a way lower error rate and it's uh, faster than before. And so my husband works uh, in a company that makes eye trackers, which is a similar thing where you can control a computer with just your eyes, where you're looking, if you're yeah. blinking, which also is, I mean, for for most of it, it's, it's cool technology and you can like use it to play certain kinds of games and probably within, I don't know how many years, use it to use your phone. Um, but it's also an amazing aid for 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 sort of augmented assistive technology so that people who have tons of different kinds of tons of different kinds of disabilities uh and are nonverbal for whatever reason uh and can't necessarily use 
a regular computer or it's just slower or whatever. And I just think it's cool all the different ways that I guess that the not great way of looking at it is realize that that people are in there uh, and that are, you know, because you see it a lot, even with this one story I read a number of years ago about this uh, young girl. I think she was maybe like in her tweens or early teens and she was severely autistic and she was nonverbal and she was assumed to be mentally slow. Uh, And she sat down at a computer and basically started writing in, you know, perfect grammatical English. Uh, She just Mm. hadn't had that conduit to be able to communicate. Uh, And you see that a lot with, I mean, there's that um, book and then the movie, is it the the bell jar and the butterfly? The butterfly and the bell jar, where a man who's paralyzed writes an entire book by having the alphabet read to him and blinking at the letter he wants to use. Oh, right. Which is, you know, one way that things have been done before or holding a pointer in your mouth or um, attached to your head or something. But having these technologies that are... On the one hand, they're more accessible to more people than some of the earlier ones, but also just like the better and faster they get, you are able to interact close to the way most of us interact. And you can, you know, go online, you can write, you can, I don't know if the, if the brain activity thing is quite uh, at the point of like, you could hold a job, but like you can do things that you care about. And I just think it's so cool how how that technology just leaps and bounds and like what what it means for for all of us. Yeah, I I wonder if once it gets to a better point if that can really help with like apraxia and aphasia. Uh-huh. Um so my husband after his stroke, he still has some issues um finding the right words. So if you speak to him, he understands everything that's said. He can fully understand even really complicated stuff. So he helps Avi with her homework better than I do, even (laughs) though he had this massive stroke. But when it comes to speaking, he has a harder time like being able to get the words out of his mouth or his hands for typing or hand, Mm -hmm. I guess, because he only has one that works. Um, But I wonder if something like this could really help that process um, because he's able to get those words in his brain. And if they don't have to go down the highway to get to the (laughs) mouth or to the fingers, if that can like help streamline that. That's I'm not going to say possible, but plausible. Yeah. Um, So, again, like I just think it's cool what technology is is allowing in so many ways. Yeah, that makes me super, super excited. I can't <laughs> wait to see how this goes. So what's a good thing? Okay, so I want to talk about bubbles because bubbles, bubbles. make everyone happy. <laughs> and it ties into my joy because sourdough needs to bubble. Right, exactly. So <laughs> I did a lot of research on this because I wanted to, because, yeah, Um so soap first, like there's first evidence of soap, like actual soap being made um, in 2800 BC in Babylon. Mm-hmm. And there's actually a formula, like basically a soap recipe that's on a clay tablet that they found from 2200 BC. Um, and so soap has been around for centuries. Um, 
and all over the world. It's a pretty basic formula to be made. And yet we don't, we still don't know when actual using soap to make bubbles was first invented. Um, The very first evidence that it was used for entertainment um, is found in the 17th century in Flemish paintings, where they have all of these children blowing bubbles on clay pipes. Wow. It's pretty, like, you can pretty much guarantee that people have been doing this for many years before that, um, because it's something that's so basic in and, and fundamental that you're like, ooh, this makes bubbles. Let's see if I can make more bubbles. <laughs> and then in 1886, a London company that made soap called A&F Piers um, did an entire advertising campaign with children blowing bubbles. And that's kind of when it became not necessarily commercialized, but kind of commercialized. Um, more and more people were using it, uh, both for advertising and for children, for fun, like look at how fun this is, but also for kind of cleanliness. Um, you can find examples of bubbles in all sorts of engravings and paintings and freaking tombstones. <laughs> like, can you imagine having a gravestone that has kids blowing bubbles I guess they're like cherubs blowing bubbles like how whimsical That's and magical that amazing. is amazing also uh peers or pears I don't know how it's pronounced pure soap uh I love it because uh, it's transparent and it just looks like a giant yes. sort of amber lozenge um I used to, my parents used to live in the UK and every time I'd go there I would wash you know my hands or myself with it and just be like I shouldn't bite it I know I shouldn't but it looks so good. Because <laughs> it's clear, which is something so, like, again, magical. You have this, like, oh, I'm washing my hands with something invisible. You can't see it because it's transparent. Like, which is kind of the same thing with these bubbles is that you can see through them. They're transparent. And yet they're this magical rainbow because of the different layers of the scientific creation that is in these perfect spheres. And it's... Uh, In 1940 in Chicago was when a bubble solution was created for the first time that was uh, commercially sold. So before then, people had been making soap and using, you know, different combinations to make bubbles. But it wasn't until 1940 that you could just go to the store and pick up actual bubble solution. So I also learned that... Because in my mind, I'm like, oh, I want different colored bubbles. How cool would that be to have like a bunch of purple bubbles and then you have a bunch of green bubbles? And I learned that it's extremely difficult to get any sort of colored bubbles um, because any dye attaches to the water molecules instead of the surface material. So it just kind of dissolves and disappears. So you can't really get different colored bubbles. Plus, I would guess also that then as soon as they pop, they would deposit the color on something you probably don't want it deposited at. Exactly. Something else that you might be privy to is uh, frozen bubbles, uh, because it gets a lot colder there than it gets here. I've never seen it live, but I've seen pictures. So apparently, you can blow bubbles uh, in... A temperature that is negative 15 degrees centigrade or five degrees Fahrenheit, it will freeze when it touches a surface. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if it's negative 25 degrees centigrade or thir- negative 13 degrees Fahrenheit, the bubbles will actually freeze in the air. 
And so if you are, does it get that would cold? You have to, would you have to like blow them out of a window? Because you don't, because I would think the bubble solution would freeze on your like circle <sighs> bubble blowing So if thing. you keep it, so if you use like um, a tube, you can keep it in your pocket so it can stay warmer. Uh-huh. Um, but then when you blow it with warm air, the bubble will freeze into that almost perfect sphere first. And then as the warm air cools, the bubble collapses in on itself and gets smaller. Cool, cool. So you can't do big it ones. Does, it does get that cold here. I've never thought to try it. I definitely will if it gets that cold next winter. Yes, perfect. I look forward to your follow-up. <laughs> what makes bubble solution? Because I was just thinking like it's like liquid soap or dish soap and water. Yeah, basically. Um, So it's soap and water, but then it also has some glycerin in it. And that helps make it um, a little bit more solid. Mm-hmm. Um, So because you can do just soap and water, but adding the glycerin just makes it have a little bit more of a solid layer on it so that you can like blow bigger bubbles and they'll go yes. further bubble has completely stopped being a word now it, it it's not a word and <laughs> i wrote it down with actual pen and it is a very strange word to write because there's a lot of like rounded bubble letters <laughs> and it just yeah um so in my research i also discovered um and went on a very deep uh youtube rabbit hole on um artists that use bubbles mm-hmm. and specifically i want to talk about tom naughty that's spelled n-o-d-d-y not n-a-u-g-h-t-y but uh <laughs> some of some of the jokes he does are fairly naughty so it works out either way um but i'm going to put in the show notes a link to the bubble magic that he did on the tonight show with johnny carson in 1983 Not only is this some of the most incredible bubble blowing that I've ever seen, he's really funny. (laughs) Um, And in this, I learned that he'd been doing, he's been doing this for like 11 years at this point. Um, So he started in like 1972. And some of the work that he's doing is absolutely, it's just incredible. He made squares uh-huh. In bubbles. And there's like smoke bubbles and like caterpillars and just like I can't even describe it, but instead I'm going to just share the link uh so that you all can enjoy and witness this magical work of bubble magic because it is some something incredible. And it, it, b- yeah. bubbles really do turn anyone into a four year old. Because you're just it's like true. pretty there there's something so absolutely magical about this um in avi's uh easter basket we got a bubble machine that you push a button and it like will blow it through the solution like and it's just fantastic in my mind i'm like oh this will be really fun for photos when we can actually go out and take photos again but also she spent a good hour playing with that she's 11 like this is this is something that i wish like i would be willing to go out and play with for oh yeah a long time because they're bubbles and they're amazing so that is my good thing all right what what do you have for me in the news in the news we're going to talk about a different style of art um i'm going to discuss the getty museum 
and their Twitter thread of magic, um, they made a post where they're like, we challenge you to create recreate a work of art with oh, objects yeah. and people in your home. I'm sure you've seen this, but I knew that this needed to be sent out into the world for anyone that had not seen it. Basically, you take a work of art, a painting, a sculpture, whatever, and you recreate it in home, and it is people, people are, are amazing. So amazing! They're so creative, and, and I, I love that it's both like you know, it's like portraits. Uh, and landscapes and very sort of abstract paint, like even port- like pictures that you wouldn't think could be recreated, like with a person in it or just like at home. Yeah, my my mind yeah. is just blown. It's uh, people are so incredible that they found this and that they have redone it. So there's one one of my favorites is um, it's a uh, a still life and it's got. Uh, some fish hanging with some oil and vinegar and some bread um, and like onions and vegetables like on this beautiful it's a beautiful still life and it looks absolutely delicious and then the recreation is a bottle of Trader Joe's olive oil a bottle <laughs> of gouda that's still in the wrapper and then two cans of tuna <laughs> and it's so funny because of course like it, oh, people are just so creative and I love I love people people are pretty great yeah because you uh you can't go wrong with no. searching this it's pretty great that is good and there are always good things uh you can share your good things good news and tiny joys with us at there are good things pod at gmail.com or find us on twitter as pod good things Our show notes are at thereargoodthings.com. We'll see you next week. 